not mine. So <laughs> that's Kira, and she doesn't know what her favorite color is. And that's Alexandria, and she can be peer pressured into eating fruit. I do not permit women to teach nor usurp authority. I'm going to Superman punch him in the dick. Today, we're going to talk about internalized misogyny and answer the following questions. Are we not like other women? How do I really feel about the color pink? (laughs) And should I be hungry after dates? That's a hard no. (laughs) Okay, so before we talk about internalized misogyny, we want to address that It's misogyny and internalized misogyny are not a voluntary adoption of a worldview. It's an involuntary socialization um, into viewing women as inferior, but the perpetuation of it is kind of a choice. So here we go. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about the horizontal pay gap um, and like how gender work roles and where women assign themselves within the workplace kind of perpetuate and like give example to internalized misogyny. So there was something that I talked about in college or read about in college that was talking about how when we talk about the pay gap, not so much anymore. Is it like women make this much as compared to how much men make, which is still a thing that exists, but it's kind of an average thing because like if all of these people are in teaching, for example, um, men are typically principals and they make this much, whereas women are um, educators or paraprofessionals, so they make less. So then like the average works out so that men make more, even if it's not necessarily that just like between different roles, people are making different things, but women mm-hmm. kind of automatically gravitate towards lower paying jobs and whether or not that's because those jobs deserve to be paid less or whether those jobs are traditionally female. So therefore they're assigned a lesser value. Um, And so it's interesting too, to think about like, if I say teacher, what's the image that comes to your mind? Is it a male or a female, like a police officer or a CEO? Um, And kind of how like we as women sometimes internalize, like what our specific roles are supposed to be. And they're usually lesser paying ones. The more yeah. you know. That was actually my best subject for a really long time. So Good who says women are bad at math? Misogyny. Yeah. But also like it's a stereotype that women are bad at math, we're bad at science, we're better at like the softer fields. Mm-hmm. There's like a huge underrepresentation of women in STEM because you aren't pushed in those courses because they're traditionally male. And it starts out super young. Like they've done studies on elementary schools and like who is the teacher paying the most attention to during a math lesson? Who are they helping the most? Who are they pushing and encouraging the most? And it's the boys. I always found that women were way better at all Everything? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I feel like when it comes to the like math and science and any other like STEM field, it's a lot of internal motivation coming from women and less Mm -hmm. exterior forces saying, this is a strength that you have. Let me push you and promote you to succeed with this. Mm -hmm. 
Next, we have makeup, shaving, dieting, and how women practice femininity is kind of embedded in internalized misogyny. Yeah, the soft, hairless, small, skinny, flawless, airbrushed. (laughs) I only look like that in portrait mode. (laughs) Same. Shout out to Apple. (laughs) I don't have portrait mode yet, and it's... Oh, it made my dreams come true. You'll get there. I once had a photo taken of me in portrait mode, and I'm like, well, I'm going to use this forever. It's my Mm -hmm. Instagram profile picture now. I can take some for you. Okay. I'll get a new phone soon. Then I'll be independent. That (laughs) (laughs) That defines your independence. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) I refuse to make pasta, so we have to have something. Oh my God. I think I need you to make pasta before you can go to law school. I don't want to make pasta. I need something for two truths and a lie. You're right. What? It's okay, whatever. it's fine. Explain the pasta thing real quick, not to go off on a tangent, but no, like she's literally never made pasta. Not well, not ramen, even... not macaroni and cheese. She's made easy mac, and that's it. I've eaten pasta. I've always just made somebody else make it for me. Just boiling noodles and throwing ragu. Nothing. Yeah, no. I've done other things. Sometimes I eat zucchini with some ragu. Oh, like the spiralize it. Yeah. Fair no enough. No pasta though. It's an identity trait. Between that and the two-in-one shampoo, I just, it's fine. It's fine. Um, The next one is women are emotionally unstable slash manipulative periods and hysteria. Oh, I wanted to talk about hysteria. You probably know, but like the root word hysteria comes from Greek. It's like relating to the womb. So hysteria was just any sort of condition and it's like they thought that the uterus just like moved around. And if it was really close to like your heart, then you'd have a heart condition. And if it moved close to your brain, then maybe you just went a little crazy. So the organ that grows babies is toxic? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really think men are jealous. It's like penis envy, but reversed and I real. think that there's a word for that, but I don't remember what it is. It probably is. Oh, I think it's actually just the Oedipus complex. Like mm-hmm. you're envying the femininity or desiring it. But the only thing that you know is your mother. Like the reason why we like boobs is because we don't have them. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just get really upset when people are like, oh, you have feelings because it's that time of the month. I'm like, no, actually, I have feelings every single day. Mm hmm. But it's a fun excuse for them and kind of gives them a hall pass to disregard it. It's rude. We've also got women talk too much. Oh, then you have the study. Oh, yeah. Um, The study that was published in the journal Gender and Discourse in 1997. I didn't write down the two authors, but um, the idea that women talk too much is actually inaccurate. And they did studies, I think in staff meetings where men actually said way more words, interrupted people more often. They've also done studies on like social media posts and found out that like men write post, write comments that are like twice as long as women. Um, 
So it's just not true. You just don't want to hear our voices because we think you think we should be small and that's not, it's not cool. I think that's interesting too, because there are like comics about like a woman saying something and then the man says the exact same thing in a board meeting. And I know that at college, a lot of professors are told like, you've got to start calling on the women. Like they might mm-hmm. not raise their hand as high or they might not be so interrupting, <laughs> but without kind of that additional nudge, like women aren't taking up the space in the conversation. And slut shaming, good women are supposed to, are not supposed to be sexual. Yeah. Self-explanatory, I think. I mean, I feel like within internalized misogyny, we're supposed to be like not sexual, but also if we have sex, we're supposed to like know how to do it Mm -hmm. without ever having had it apparently. Mm -hmm. Experts in bed, but we've never done it. (laughs) I just know. It's just magic. Um, internalized misogyny as hazing that never ends. Um, this came from an article written by Tess Martin, the undercover introvert. She's super great. Check her out. Um, but she wrote an article that talked about how like women go through this like hazing process as they grow up where they're treated like they're smaller and then they do that to other women, even though it was terrible, but it's not like this defined period like hazing is. Mm-hmm. And hazing in general just makes no sense because you go through this like horrible, horrible experience that you would never wish upon someone else. And then you like actively- deliberately wish it upon others. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the problem with misogyny is that it just like never ends. It's lifelong and you never stop doing it to yourself or other women. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting, especially with like hazing. It's you start hazing other people because now you have the power and internalized misogyny is just sort of a lot of ladder climbing and trying to get there. So I think that makes sense that it's like hazing. Yeah. Um, What we're talking about now is how it becomes internalized. Yep. I wrote, he pulls your hair because he likes you problems. Like, I know that I heard that in elementary school. Mm -hmm. There are similar things that people say. And then it just perpetuates this message to young girls that it's like, you don't get body boundaries. People can just kind of like do what they want. And it's supposed to be a compliment. So let it happen. Or like the boys will be boys mentality. That's bullshit. Yeah. Builds into just general sexism sexism and misogyny as well but i feel like a lot of the messages that we send are just kind of like well that's how it is like learn to survive learn to survive by being small learn to survive by being passive learn to survive by just giving into it and figuring out how you can maintain power over the people that you are still like in line with and Mm -hmm. usually that's other women yeah well and also just the idea that like People who like you or people who respect you or people who are attracted to Mm -hmm. you are going to treat you like shit and you should not only accept it, but encourage it. Mm -hmm. Ew. Ew. Oh, my triangle with the arrow. Oh, tell me about it. 
Um, so in a hierarchical structure, mm-hmm. people on a certain level do what they can to get to the highest point of that level, which usually means aligning yourself with the people above you. Mm-hmm. So like for white women, that would be white, white men. men. So internalize that idea contributes to internalized misogyny and that desire to climb the ladder and to become more powerful means we make ourselves more like men, mm-hmm. which means rejecting femininity and isolating ourselves from other women and trying to be as far away from like weakness as possible, which then affects the way you treat other women. And then also the way that you're viewing and treating yourself. I think, especially with white women, like, When it came to the suffragette movement, there was the opportunity to include people of color in it. And white women were kind of like, oh, well, (laughs) if you get this, then we don't, which is, I don't know if that was the case or not, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but still like a really shitty sacrifice to make. But it was just in the effort to gain more freedom and access to women. We did so by taking it away from others. And I think that happened in the civil rights movement too. Like when white women were working on reproductive justice and Roe v. Wade, it was kind of around the same time as the civil rights movement. And they were like, nope, not together. You'll bring us down. Yeah, that's happened with LGBTQ stuff too, Mm -hmm. where gay men fought super hard the things that matter to them and Mm -hmm. then just kind of pushed trans rights to the side Mm -hmm. equally important and you also can't fight one form of oppression without fighting all forms of oppression Mm -hmm. so you really just kind of stepped on your own neck there buddy Mm -hmm. I hate the pyramid (laughs) it makes sense hate it Um, no i hate it and the feminist management philosophy works better yeah it's fine it makes sense in the sense of it's like the quickest way Mm -hmm. to get to the solution that you specifically want but not to an overall solution that actually works in the long term wow i was really excited to tell you about this one i'm so ready (laughs) i'm really hoping that i haven't told you this story before even if you have i'm excited about it okay so we're gonna tell a story and then we're gonna get to the effects that it had great and particularly how i absorbed the messages of misogyny okay so once upon a time i was like mm, 13 or so probably anyways i was in confirmation class and There were a couple of us in this class, and then there was one day that there were no boys in the class. I think it was primarily women, but we had, like, one boy or so in there. He wasn't there this day. And then went into this class. We're having a conversation about, like, purity and messages about premarital sex and things. So... The leader of this group goes and gets a cheese stick and unwraps it. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to toss it to you. And then you toss it to her. And we just like tossed it around the circle. And then at the end, when she got the cheese stick back, that was like covered in just like fuzz and dirt and kind of stringy and torn up. 
This may not have been the exact language, but how I remember the exact language, it was like, this is you if you have multiple sex partners. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> that cheese stick is disgusting. And then again, horrified, still scarred by this, didn't necessarily realize how out of the ordinary the whole experience was until I've told this story to others. But like after that, I was panicked and was like, oh my God, you're absolutely right. Like everything will be gross and dirty and disgusting if you do that. And then went through a whole phase of like having a purity ring sort of thing. Um, yeah. Um, but was very worried about like what people thought, how I should behave, not being like, not coming off as sexy grin. Like I was a preteen. So like mm -hmm. we weren't really there yet and I didn't have boobs yet or anything like that. Um, but definitely like taught the message of it was just, you are really great until you practice any sort of sexuality. And whether or not that's like, it seemed especially pointed because the boy wasn't in that class that day. Mm -hmm. It seemed like a very gendered lesson. Um, again, just horrifying. And I spent a lot of time being very nervous about coming off as like promiscuous and then just like kept a lot of things a secret because I was very afraid. It's horrifying. That's terrible. <laughs> um, Kind of a decent metaphor for why condoms are important, though. Yeah. Because if you leave the cheese stick in the wrapper, <laughs> it won't get gonorrhea. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a great message. Just say. <laughs> Please have safe sex. Also, don't eat cheese sticks. <laughs> no, I like cheese sticks. I didn't eat cheese sticks for a while because it was a little scarring. That's fair. I also really like cheese sticks. That's part of the reason I like going over to people's houses when they have kids, because that's one of the snacks they usually have. Mm -hmm. First place I go <laughs> in my friend's fridge, I need to have a cheese stick. I used to share cheese sticks with her cat before I killed it. <laughs> it was mercy Let's, killing. <laughs> moment of silence. Real quick side note of a thing that should be illegal, eating a cheese stick without peeling it. Like, if you're just biting off the end, illegal. Yeah. Okay. No. Glad that's covered. Can't do it. Okay. So, effects of internalized misogyny, how we can see it, have to sing it. Um, how we talk about women who come forward about domestic violence and sexual assault. So, things like she was asking for it or she should have known better. Um, she just wants attention, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that not only are people who are responding to it have internalized, but also survivors themselves. And that's a big reason why it takes them so long to come forward, to talk to people about it, because they're giving themselves those responses. So they don't need somebody else doing it too. Mm -hmm. Shout out to men in power who say really shitty things to people who were brave enough to come forward. Um, when the Start by Believing movement first started, they did a study with survivors to see like what responses to disclosures were helpful, what wasn't helpful. And one of the things that they found was that a negative response was more damaging to the survivor than just keeping it to themselves. Mm -hmm. So 
people who come forward and like we talk about not bottling things up and you need to tell somebody and what if he does it to somebody else and all this other kind of stuff. But then we respond so poorly to survivors when they come forward mm-hmm. that they would have been better off if they'd said nothing. With the whole movement, it feels like there are a lot of people who are ready to give attention to it as a general movement. Like I see a lot of people on social media that will be like, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month or a lot of talk about like trafficking right now mm-hmm. or sexual assault on college campuses. But once there's an actual like victim or survivor, then it becomes uncomfortable. It's a better problem when it's talked about in generic terms or it's there's never a name or a face applied to it because a lot of times victims aren't the perfect victim. and then people start playing investigator and asking questions like, why did it take you so long? Or mm-hmm. what were you wearing? Even if they've kind of gotten behind or heard about the movements and it's possible to simultaneously be educated and have internalized misogyny. And I feel like that's become a problem mm-hmm. and makes responses really poor. Yeah. Which is disappointing. She's electable if you fucking vote for her. Stop doubting the power and qualifications of women. So I'm wearing a shirt that says she's electable if you fucking vote for her. I did get the bleeped out version of fucking because I was like, at this point in time, I'm going to Planet Fitness and I don't know if that's allowed in there. They seem like the kind who might be like, there's an expletive on your shirt and be like, yeah, November 3rd. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, that's on my shirt. But it's so common when it comes to female politicians for people to be like, I don't know what it is. I just don't like her or she's not electable. And it's such an easy way for them to say, really have a problem that it's a woman in a position of power. Mm -hmm. And even when it comes to women, like we don't all have each other's backs. And I think it's, Another thing where like the general idea is better than a specific face and we'd all really love a woman president. But as soon as a woman is running for something, then everyone's overly critical and it's a problem unless she's perfect. Whereas men seem to do better the more sexual assault allegations they have against them. Honestly. Like women are electable. There are Mm -hmm. tons of qualified, amazing women and things shift more when you have a more diverse group of people in power and the presidency is not reserved for men only. It doesn't say Mm -hmm. that on the White House. It doesn't say that in the Oval Office. Honestly, like they're all electable if you fucking vote for them. And you saying no one's going to vote for her isn't why good is that doing? Vote for her. Tell I'm your friends proud to of vote the women who are running. Yeah. And I want to exactly. be loud about it so other women can be proud of the women who are running. And it seems like when it comes to female politicians, one single disqualifier is enough to like knock them out altogether. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, right now when they're talking about potential picks for the vice presidency, any one of them. 
Kamala Harris. And they're like, oh, she was a prosecutor, which like, sure, that's something that should be talked about and like vetted. But there are a million other things that happen with I'm sure that there are male prosecutors in office (laughs) or like, I don't know much about Susan Rice, but I've heard a lot about Susan Rice and. Fuck, Hillary Clinton got in trouble for it. It's Benghazi. And I'm like, I don't really even know what that is. A little bit. <laughs> but they were like, she was just the spokesperson. But everybody's like, too problematic. And then, like, Elizabeth Warren is freaking smart. And, like, excellent. And also is a very fast walker. And then <laughs> she's so fast. She's so fast. <laughs> it's incredible. I'm pretty sure that she's the Energizer Bunny wearing a woman's suit. Anyways. They're like too liberal. And then they just like kick them out. Like that one problem that somebody made up is too much of a problem for them to have any positions of power, which is really concerning and why I don't post on Facebook. Vote for women. Vote for women. Loudly and proudly and tell other people, don't tell people to vote for women, but encourage them to be open to voting for women. And also vote for women and talk about why you're voting for women in terms of qualifications, because they all have them. And it's not helpful when it's you're just voting for them because they're a woman. And if you talk about their appearance. I can't be friends with you. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on women perpetuating stereotypes. Okay, You really struggle with this. I do really struggle with this. I'm trying to be more aware of it and figuring out how to deal with it, but judgmental when it comes to women who really practice their femininity in ways that like we label as feminine, like very, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like well-dressed focuses on their appearance, how their hair looks. Makeup, so it's like, like very performative. Yes. And in a way that I think I don't approach it with men is when I see that woman, I'm like, oh my gosh, all of femininity is on your shoulders. Like everybody's looking at you and labeling you as what a woman is. And like, that's not helping, which is not the mm-hmm. case. Whereas I don't do that on the flip side, like I don't see an overly masculine man, not overly masculine, but like very performative masculine man and think like, that's what all men are like. And I think, especially when it comes to women in positions of power who really perform femininity, then I'm like, if you're the example now, like this is what people see when it's a woman in power. And if we're not like that, What's that mean? Which is, again, like the whole weight of femininity is not on their shoulders. And um, like, I definitely know that that's a place where I've internalized misogyny and not necessarily understanding like practicing masculinity and femininity as a whole spectrum. And you can be at either end of the spectrum and it's still not a problem. Like if everybody Mm -hmm. were in the middle, that's very boring (laughs) and also doesn't work well. Um. So I need to get better about not thinking that like female stereotypes are a problem. Fine. 
Um, I feel like I made a lot of progress in that particular area when I became comfortable with how I practiced my own femininity, which really just kind of happened in the past few years. Um, lipstick was a real game changer for mm-hmm. me. I thought for a long time I wasn't pretty enough to wear bright lipstick or that okay. it would just be too much or I was drawing too much attention to myself. I get that. Yeah. Um, and then the first couple times I wore lipstick, at least one person, one woman approached me to say that she didn't think she could pull off lipstick like that, but I had the <laughs> perfect face for it. Mm-hmm. I was like, girl, <laughs> do what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the past year and a half when I've been on and off wearing fake nails, that felt very aggressively feminine when mm-hmm. I first started doing it. And I would wear like the shorter ones that didn't last very long. And it just felt like too much, even though it made me feel very pretty and very powerful. And like watching my self type was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I kind of found where I want to be on that scale, mm-hmm. It became a lot easier to accept other people and how they perform femininity. And I think actually working with you every day has kind of helped with that. Because oh. I <laughs> I really rejected blazers for a long time. Because mm-hmm. I was like, that's an article of clothing that we borrowed from men. And I'm just going to completely reject it because I don't have to align myself with men to be listened to or seen in a room. Mm-hmm. But they're actually really kind of nice and can be more feminine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I don't have to reject everything masculine because I Mm -hmm. know I have a very masculine energy just in general. And that can be good. And that's fine. That's just Mm -hmm. who I am. And I get to be who I am regardless of where that is on the scale. So I think it's weirdly helpful to understand that maybe people aren't paying as much attention to you as you think. Mm-hmm. Cause I felt that way a lot. Like I've started wearing lipstick sometimes because I spend some time around you. <laughs> I gave you blazers. You gave me lipstick where <laughs> we're doing our thing, but I know like I have a couple of dresses, but I don't wear them that often. And mm-hmm. I think it was just a very recent thing where I started doing it a little bit because before that I was like, oh my gosh, well, everybody's going to be like, you're wearing a dress. And then it's- I can see your I legs. I can see your legs. She or has like, thighs. Like, oh my God, why would she dress up? That's so strange. What mm. she's, what's she doing? What does she want us to think about her? And it's, most times when it comes to clothing, I'm just like, well, glad that person's wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they're not. I've seen so many butts. I've seen so many butts. Also, (laughs) side tangent about not wearing clothes. Once, I was just in my car minding my own business. And then I looked out. It was parallel parking in Hartford. And then I turned and looked out my window. And there was a guy and he was not wearing a shirt, but he was wearing gold spandex. And then asked the chaps. And he was just there walking down the street. And That's I was like, so good. what? <laughs> <laughs> and then we carried on our day. I hope he's doing well. Anyways. <laughs> but besides me paying attention to that guy. <laughs> he wanted attention, I think. <laughs> His spandex for gold. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I think that if I were doing that, like wearing gold 
spandex with assless chaps, I might want you to notice me. But like mm-hmm. generally wearing a dress, people people don't care that much. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I think about it and I'm like, I've never looked at somebody and been like, why are they wearing that perfectly normal thing that sometimes people wear? Like if it's not assless chaps or like a unicorn costume, people don't actually notice yeah. that they much. Don't. They don't. Mm-hmm. I wore the same shirt to work every single day one week to test that. Mm-hmm. Nobody said anything. It is it a is little so different for men. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't just like a white shirt, though. It was like it had a pattern. Still. Really? Yeah, sorry. This might be a little dismissive of your experience, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but it is different for men. News, no, news anchors have done experiments on it where the woman will wear the same thing while the man wears the same thing and no one ever notices that the man's wearing the same thing but god forbid a weather woman wear the same dress twice like twice in her career a sin my mom was always like why can't you just wear the same dress that you wore to Christmas ball to homecoming and I was like (gasps) what she was like, no one will notice. But there are pictures, mother. Everyone will notice. I don't know if people. Mm, there weren't very many people in my class. There was also only like one dress store. So chances were you probably had the same dress as somebody else. Everybody was just switching them around because our parents were sick of buying us new ones. That's fair. Which is fair. If you needed the reminder. So. No, I, I remember. Okay. So I was... At a bar, it was Wing Wednesday. This I could was go before. For some wings. It's a Wednesday. Huh? I could go for some wings. Honestly, all the time. Um, but this was before I liked wings. Okay. I think I intentionally was avoiding liking wings because my boyfriend really liked them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We had a weird dynamic. But I was there. Guys do overrate wings. I don't understand the need to go to Buffalo Wild Wings all the time. They aren't that good. Like, Those aren't even the best wings. Yeah, but if you aren't going at happy hour, then like, and there are better things. Sorry. There are better things. And I also was re, still am readjusting to eating meat again after being a vegetarian for a long time. So mm-hmm. the, like pulling animal flesh off of a bone with my teeth was something I was still unwilling to do. Okay. Yeah. Wings just weren't for me. Mm-hmm. But it's Wing Wednesday and we're at this bar. And it was me and the guy I was dating and his female friend, her boyfriend, and then two other guys. And they all knew okay. each other. I didn't. I only knew the guy I was dating and, her, and his friend, which was fine. It's mm-hmm. whatever. I didn't want wings. And this particular bar has a really good salad that I really wanted. And that's just what I was feeling. And I ordered mm-hmm. a salad and everybody else ordered wings and I could feel people like looking at me, which is super annoying because I'm just eating the food I want to eat. Yeah. And making salads at home is annoying. You have to have too many ingredients. And I then want- if you get the bag, it's kind of gross by the time that you decide that you want a salad. Right. I, it's just what I wanted. And the salad had cheese all over it and came with garlic bread. It was not... Not good for you. <laughs> right. I was not trying to make a statement with mm-hmm. this salad. And the woman in particular was like evil eyeing me. Ugh. And it was not great. 
And then she said something about how she doesn't trust women who don't get messy when they eat wings. And I had, I know I had really long nails on and I think I might've had like one of my boyfriend's wings. I had really long nails on. And if like sauce gets underneath those, you either have to take your nails off Mm -hmm. or use like a toothbrush to get (laughs) all of the stuff out from under them. It's horrible. Uh It's gross. And I also just don't, I like to play with my food, which is why I like nachos. It's -hmm. like a game. It's very fun. (laughs) But I don't like to get messy. I don't Mm -hmm. want food all over my face. I don't want it all over my fingers. I just don't. It Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good to me. There Mm -hmm. are other ways I enjoy being messy. Eating is not one of them. Yeah. My dad was basically Miss Manners growing up. So maybe it's some sort of like (laughs) trauma response I have. But I just don't. And Mm -hmm. that felt so aggressive. And she also was the type of woman who would be like, I don't really get along with other women. And I was like, that's your own issue. Like, you can eat wings how you want to eat wings. I'm going to eat my salad how I want to eat my salad. And there's no need to direct so much hatred at women about how they eat. Like, Mm -hmm. how I eat, how much I eat, and what I'm eating is already so much of a big thing for me. Don't make it worse. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not affecting her in any way. No. It's not affecting anybody there. Like what you eat is just your body unless like you have a baby. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's, there's no need to comment on it and there's no need to make it an issue between you and another woman. Like it, it literally plays no effect except for you saying I'm more aligned with the men here than mm-hmm. I am with the woman. Well, and it was just so much of like, what do you mean you don't trust women who don't get messy when they eat wings? Mm -hmm. So you're going to look across a restaurant and not trust a woman because what? She's feminine? Mm -hmm. Because she's clean? Because she eats differently than you? I was so upset and I didn't know how to address it in the moment because I Uh didn't know anybody else there. And this was this Mm -hmm. guy's like best friend at school And I was trying to be really nice. And then I was so mad about it afterwards. And he just did not understand. He was like, well, she didn't mean it that way. I'm like, but she did. Mm -hmm. She did. And that's her own issue because I used to be like that. That's her own issue with hating her own femininity and hating herself as a woman. And I don't need that projected on me. Mm -hmm. Do your own work. Also, women eating should not be a performance. And by her saying... I don't trust women that don't get messy. It seems like messy is a performance. And then we're just supposed to like behave and act and be visible in a messy way Mm -hmm. just for the sake of like attention or the feelings that are attached to that of somebody else looking at you and being like, ah, you're one of the guys you got messy with the wings. What, what what is (laughs) eat how you want to eat. eat. That's why why they make wet wipes. Mm-hmm. I do judge other men on how they eat, though. I can't. Uh, like, people are dudes that just uh, loud chompers eating chips at fucking 25 well, decibels. That's, that's gross. an anyone in the way, too. True. Breathe in between fights. Close your mouth. Things should not be Unless you have a cold. Out. If you have a cold and can't breathe through your nose, then I sympathize with you. You and can why do whatever you public want. eating. Honestly, <laughs> wear a fucking mask. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I do enjoy eating within my mask. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do need to get the grapes and cheese. Ooh, that's a move. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. and sensing like, like some really nice, nice like green grapes, grapes and some cheddar, cheddar cheese would be a really that's exactly. good. Let me Maybe know how that goes. Colby. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that story. I really enjoyed it. It was really I'm upsetting. Sorry you for had me. to experience that. Speaking of sort of, I'm not like other girls, or you're not like other girls. Men contribute to the problem too by you're not like other girls. That just makes all women out to be bad. Mm-hmm. All of these other women are bad and unlikable, but I am not. Even if it's a specific character trait that you're saying, I'm not like other girls. Not all other not, women are like that. Uh-huh. It's, it's not, not a monolith. And I think if, that's... Go ahead. If they, well, if they are, it's because that's how society has told them how to act. And they're acting out of that norm. Let's, why don't we celebrate that with all people and just stop the uniformity bullshit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song called Most Girls. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard it. I don't remember who sings it, but it's about how most girls, the next line is, are smart and strong and beautiful. And then it's about how she wants to be like most girls. Most girls are strong, smart, and beautiful, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like women are incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I'm proud of being like other women. Like there yeah. are lists of women I can think about who have contributed to who I am, and I'm so grateful for them. Yeah, fuck, I'm not as strong as my mom in any way, shape, or form. I couldn't do that. I think every single woman that I know, there are 8,000 things that I wish that I had to be like them. Most women, all women are great. Mm-hmm. I can think of a few. Okay, well, not all people are great, but also most people, if you sit down and actually talk to them and listen to what they're saying and learn parts of their story, they are likable. I work in criminal defense. Not okay. everybody is one thing, though. Mm-hmm. Like, you aren't all a bad person or all a good person. There are levels to that, I think. Well, and I just don't enjoy, I'm getting back to the top, but I just don't enjoy when men, especially early on, will be like, oh, you're not like other girls. Like, first of all, you don't know me. Mm-hmm. You know, first date me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not... That's not real. No, nobody, you can't learn somebody in one dinner. You Mm -hmm. don't know me. You're just trying to separate me from my gender. And I don't appreciate that. And really all that tells me is that you don't have a lot of respect for women. So like deuces, like I don't need this. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're saying you're not like other girls, then I do wonder what you've thought about the past women that you've been with and did you say that to them at one point in time? And like, that's not the issue, but it's saying like, I don't then know how you're going to treat or think of me Mm -hmm. as soon as I do something that's like the other girls. And I think that 
then perpetuates the idea that we are all the same of it's like, you're not like other girls until you do something that ruins it until you express femininity mm-hmm. or independence. Have a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Cause then you're crazy. Hysteria. Oh my gosh. She's mad at me because I did something stupid and disrespectful. Crazy. Ugh, women. Probably on a period. Her uterus has moved to closer to her brain. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> um, women can't express anger publicly, even in the same spaces that men yell so loud they spit. Oof. I have seen a man in power at work yell into a phone in at someone in a work-related way. Mm-hmm. So loud, his face turned red. He was spitting. Everyone else in the room was terrified. Mm -hmm. And there were zero consequences. It was just fine. The person on the other end of the phone, like, cried and begged for forgiveness. And and then 10 minutes later, it was over. And it was like that outburst had never happened Mm -hmm. until I then very um, intentionally compared him to... God, the actor in The Shining. I don't know. Jack Nicholas. Yes. yes. Say that uh, for the people in the back. Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholson. Whatever. The actor in The Shining. Nicholas. Ew. Jack Nickelback. <laughs> I think it's Jack Nicholson. Whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. The actor in The Shining. Um, which he thought was really funny, but had a female in the same position as him done that it would not have been okay she would have been talked to about it people would have been horrified like we just aren't allowed to be angry because it's seen as an overreaction and there are definitely times at work in public whatever where i've intentionally swallowed something that made me angry because i didn't want to be that woman Mm -hmm. two follow-up things to that First, sometimes, or basically all the time, if I'm really yelling, then I also cry. And I don't know if that's a thing where then I won't get in trouble for yelling because I'm also sad and not just mm-hmm. angry. I think it works. It was an accident, but I think that it works. <laughs> <laughs> but also, when I was in mock trial in college, like there was one point in time when I was a freshman and we kind of did it every year for the underclassmen, like the older girls would sit down with us and be like, look, I know that every single one of you on this team is is a feminist, like wants to be taken seriously, wants to be able to do a good job. There are some like boundaries that we have to work within. You're either going to have to like do what you want or score well and not really like a same thing. Um, So like some examples of that or like, they had always said, like, when you're cross-examining a witness, you're going to have to be really careful of your tone because these old men judges are going to call you bitchy. It's going to be written on your cards. It's going to be reflected in your scores. I hate that. Like, you can't be bitchy. Whereas, yeah, whereas, like, particularly men from competing teams, because I kind of curated the team on the Trinity mock trial, and we did a very good job of making sure that all of our men were respectable. Anyways. <laughs> But like other teams, they were literally spitting, spitting men, just like yelling at the fake witnesses. And I'm like, you do realize that that's like a 19 year old who's like playing this character and not actually that character. And they didn't murder anybody. (laughs) It's like, let's reel it in. This is a performance. But like 
spitting and just yelling and being so aggressive and throwing their arms everywhere. But as a female crossing attorney, I was super, super careful about that. And like any opposing counsel man on the other team, as soon as I would say anything, like asking a question twice because the witness was being a dickhead and circumventing something that I knew that he was going to say or said anything louder, they'd stand up and be like, argumentative. And then the old male judge would be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Move on, counsel. I'm like, also, you realize that I'm not a real lawyer and just doing the same game as everybody else here. But my second year on that team, one of the witnesses that they would sometimes call was, I think, like, a 13-year-old, a fake 13-year-old. So they have these college kids playing like this Mm -hmm. 13-year-old whose parent was almost murdered. It wasn't successful. Um, But like very specifically, we were assigning our attorneys to cross-examine that particular witness. And it was always me who would cross-examine that one because it was like, how will I speak to this witness? I'm not threatening. Like, sure, I can speak to her in a very soft tone and be like, okay, Bailey, I know that this is really difficult to talk about, but I'm going to ask you a few questions. If you need a break, we can take it. Whereas like, I had a male attorney on that team that we were like, oh, he can't cross-examine Bailey. <laughs> too tall, too much. And it was just like you really had to play into those masculine and feminine things, which I hated. Oh, I, hate I hated it. it. And I hate that we're training attorneys this way because attorneys become judges and we just continue to perpetuate the same exact problems. And it's frustrating because you have to figure out, like, I wanted to win. you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, I can win by doing one thing, but I'm going to have to make some sacrifices. And like, we all tried to balance it. And I think that for the most part, like we did a good job, mm-hmm. but like, it's hard when you want to tear down the system, but the system is also like, well, you're either like going to play with it and win or you're not. Don't really remember the start of the card, but it was very frustrating. Oh, no. I, I don't know. Rebecca, she doesn't give a fuck. She just puts all of her energy and emotion into everything mm-hmm. and I really respect that about her. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fucking amazing to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was really fucking impressed with her. Like she doesn't take shit. Sort of. I know. Once I stood up to make an objection and the male judge said, sit down, Missy. Oh, uh-huh. So, so it's like, like, fuck you, Mister. I didn't. That reaction really upset me. And then it's like, I don't want to be the girl who's like crying. <laughs> so you just, what am I supposed to do? Like fight with them? Yeah. Then they kick me out. And it's it's usually just not safe. I think to like have that angry reaction. Like for men. It's safe because they can just yell at whoever yells at them. Can an attorney go to jail for like being in contempt for yelling at a judge? What if the judge calls me Missy? Because I feel like this is going to happen to me and I just would like to be prepared. Mm -hmm. I won't handle jail well. So (laughs) if that's in my future, (laughs) I got to know now. Look into it for me, please. Ugh. Ugh. I'm re-mad about that. 
questioning, doubting yourself, qualifying statements. I may be wrong, but, and then you have to scold me about fixing my email. Oh yeah. Go for it. (laughs) Um, So Kira recently was writing an email about a problem. (laughs) Someone had said something incorrect. She was correcting them, but in a way like, so she was correcting them. But in a way that was qualifying her knowledge, you knew exactly what knew. Had happened. And it was, oh, I think I figured out what happened. I think you also overcompensate a little bit with your emails to him because of how much you hate him. Yeah. Um, but you knew what happened. So I made her <laughs> delete the whole email and start again. It was like, no, you're not qualifying that. You know what happened. Here's what you say. This is what occurred. This is what's right. This is what you're going to do now. And then CC all these other people. It's off your plate. No, I know. I knew that I was doing that. You're right. I do kind of overcompensate because I don't want anything to come up where they're like, you're being hard to work with. Well, the thing is, Christopher, are you okay? (laughs) How the fuck did that happen? I'm not laughing. I'm Coughing. Oh my god. This is like the biggest technical difficulty episode in the history of technical difficulties. Can't even stand up. I literally stood up. That's all it was. You went all the way down. I fell all the way to the ground. Oh my god. Are you okay? Physically and emotionally. (laughs) Remember earlier when I said this is the worst day of my life? Uh Uh-huh. Do you need a hug? I'll have a post-production hug. Okay. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. You're doing so good. (laughs) Killing it. Killing myself. Jesus Christ. That hurt. I I bet. <laughs> I'm keeping that in. <laughs> I'm keeping the whole fall in the episode. Because fuck me. That hurt. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was my Chris's corner bit right there. <laughs> It was perfect. What it a was. good intermission. <laughs> Fuck. Am I good to go? Sure. You're great. Okay. <laughs> Next is skirts versus pants. And I kind of had a story about this. Yeah. So in high school, I was part of an organization that had, they called it official dress, but, um, for the entire duration of why I was in it and while I was in it in high school, official dress, if I was going to like compete in any sort of competition that required official dress, so like any public speaking contest that I went to for that, it was like we had to wear our jackets, white button up shirt. I had a little like weird scarf thing. And then for women, it was knee length skirts, sheer black pantyhose. And then the language was a heeled shoe. Um, so like there was a whole big debate as to whether that meant that it had to be like a raised heel or just couldn't be a flip flop. 
But anyways, like I wore that like the entire duration of any time that I was competing there because it like I hated it. And then my senior year, I was on the national committee to like change official dress. And I put in a whole bunch of like modifications or petitions to like change it so that it would be gender neutral. And I also brought up, I was like, pantyhose are fucking expensive. Like, do you realize how much money all of these girls are spending? Because you knock us down points if we have a run in our pantyhose, but they're like five bucks a pop. Anyways, nobody listened to me and then they didn't change it. And I was really pissed off about it. But then two years later, I got an email and they were like, we've accepted these things and now it's gender neutral. Um, so that was very good. But anyways, in high school, I I was like mad that we didn't have the option, but I also really like liked wearing the skirts. Part of it was because I was in high school and I really was like seeking attention um, <laughs> and wanted validation in that way. As we are. Huh? As we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then- when I did mock trial in college and similar things, it was like, it was public speaking contests in high school. But then in college, when I did mock trial, like, I don't think that I ever wore a skirt because I was like, now I want people to think like that there's some sort of authority. And it was always kind of playing within the rules, like high school with the skirts. I was like, they'll knock me if I'm not wearing this. Whereas in college, I was like, They'll th- take me less seriously if I am wearing a skirt, even if I feel better in it. Mm-hmm. So it was like always dress pants. And rather than it being a choice of what makes me feel the most confident or what do I think expresses how I want to feel, not how I want others to look at me. Oh, no, I still do that when I get dressed. I mean, same. Oh, I have so much work to do. I do think that there's a level where... Maybe it's not internalized misogyny, but if I were to wear pajama pants to work, you would all look at me and be like, girl, (laughs) which I don't think is. I would let Zach write you up for that. Yeah. And that's not a misogyny thing. It's just there are some rules that we just. We don't don't wear leggings with mesh parts and marijuana leaves all over them to court. That is. One hypothetical thing that we might not want to do. If you have a pending DUI case, do not show up into court with a Jack Daniels t-shirt drunk. Don't show up to court drunk. Unless you're me. Or without a shirt on and a beach umbrella (laughs) in the background. Uh I'll tell you later. Okay. Um, Religion and internalized misogyny. Eve, okay. male disciples, God is man, perfect woman, Mary, a virgin. <laughs> Wish we could have captured that. I, we could do a whole episode on virginity. Honestly. Feelings about this. First, every single time that I've ever heard like, well, Eve was second, man was created first, therefore, like, women are lesser. Bullshit. Who wrote that book? We don't... Uh, some people might say like God, but like men curated what went in there. They picked that. They knew what they were doing. Sucks. Um, only male disciples, which I also think makes women feel like they can't have a seat at the table. Also problematic. Um, God is generally like personified as a man, which is also a problem because there are a whole bunch of instances in the Bible where they do use 
like female representations of God, like goddess mother, God. There's a lot of representations of like Jesus as a bride. Um, and we just kind of ignore those and don't teach them to people. So then I feel like for girls and women, like growing up or learning about the church and religion, like there's no feeling of like relation to God because there's no similarities. And I don't think that that makes like religion very accessible to women. Um, I got hella angry growing up from a really young age. I think that there couldn't be women priests. Mm -hmm. I was like, what do you mean the role of a woman dedicated to the church isn't a nun? No. Chaste. <laughs> Ew. Mm -hmm. And I think that that comes from Jesus commissioned his disciples and were like, you are the leaders of the church. So it's supposed mm -hmm. to be the priests who are like descendants of the disciples. But again, some point in time, all of these men gathered together and they were like, hey, which ones are we going to put in the Bible and which ones are we going to not put in the Bible? And I just can't believe that they were like, that there was nothing. Or even if there wasn't anything, there was some woman out there who was important. Like, who had a version, who was somehow involved. So I'm just like, I don't buy it. That's stupid. You're just using this and like curating it in a way that's going to perpetuate your power. And then I also hate like the iconic woman of religion is Mary, which like great, she did a great job. But it's also there aren't a whole lot of female figures in the Bible, but we have Mary who's put on this pedestal and she was a virgin. So I think it also perpetuates the the perfect woman is chaste and no experience with sexuality and pure, but also like perfectly bears children. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then that's her role because a lot of the other women in the Bible then are like not named, but prostitutes or I don't, I, I think that the language that they use is like prostitutes or like a harlot or something like mm -hmm. that. Or if they weren't, then they used to be and then were saved by some man. So do you think that I could probably do an entire episode <laughs> of this? Oh, but we I should do like a whole thing on like Leviticus. That'd be a great episode. I'm getting a Leviticus tattoo on. Oh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. The verse that says not to get tattoos. I love it. Thank you. Me too. I'm so excited. Oh. Um, being proud of not having female friends slash not getting along with women. We oh. kind of already talked about this, but mm -hmm. isolating yourself from women is really just doing it's doing the pyramid thing and mm -hmm. aligning yourself with the group that's more powerful than you. It's not helpful to yourself or to other women saying women are just so dramatic. I can't can't get along with them or that's too not, catty or that we know how to express our feelings mm -hmm. sorry that's too dramatic for you <laughs> here is my oh yes of, this guy sucks that guy sucks okay so we're circling back to mock trial there yes. are lots of problematic mm -hmm. <laughs> misogynistic things in mock trial in real trials in real trial lot of places burn it down burn it down to the fucking ground 
Yes. So once upon a time, I was in trial for mock trial. I was killing it, doing a great job. Also, this judge hated me. I think it was because I was a woman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Been there. Yeah. Sorry, I need to write this down before I forget it because there's another subsection to this guy sucks. He really sucks. Okay. So this judge, real old man, like very old, probably good. Hope he's retired. Very old. He's sitting up there on his judge's bench. It's a little bit higher than other judges' benches. So it really felt like he was bearing down on you and like spewing his hate. Um, so as men do, I like don't know how to. My memory of this is very much like I'm sitting in a toddler chair on the ground and he's like eight stories up, like really large. So very cartoonish. Yes. In his booster seat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's like how I remember this. Mm -hmm. And we had done the trial. He told me to shut up. In other words, like eight different times in other words, but like he just wasn't having it. And I was just like, all right, aren't going to win this one. Like, we're just going <laughs> to do our best. Um, but then after the trial, usually what you do is you'd go shake the judge's hand and be like, thanks for your time. And then sometimes like ask, like, is there anything that you saw that like I can improve for next time? So I made a point to ask this guy because I really wanted to know why he hated me so much. <laughs> and some... I asked him, like, if there was anything that I could do better because we still had trials going on. And he was like, you know, I just I just don't think that this is for you. Um, If you're going to, like, actually go into law, then you probably need to do something a little more delicate, like family law. Oh, fuck him. I know this guy fucking sucks. And I just sort of was like, "Okay, cool. And then I turned around and or was thinking i was just like well maybe i do want to fucking do family law but i do a damn good job you asshole (laughs) and then i will take your wife as a client to begin with yeah honestly (laughs) i don't think that he had a wedding ring and i was like you're probably just bitter because you're a million years old and like no one's wanted to talk to you because you're an asshole like it was just such a thing where i was like okay you have a problem with me because I've entered a space that you think is only reserved for men and then are mad about me wanting to pursue this space further. So want to just stick me in this corner that you've like labeled as a place that is appropriate for women. And so I was mad about this and he was mean to the entire team. And so we were all bitching about him on the way out. And then it turns out that he was kind of like behind us for a little bit. Um, And then one of my female friends on the team said something. I don't remember what it was, but she like made a mistake about geography or something. And he heard her and he turns, the judge turns to her and is like, oh my gosh. And I thought you were the only smart one. And it's just like, yikes. What? <laughs> um, My mock trial coach then afterwards reminded me that I was very smart and that I could do anything that I wanted. And then if I were actually going to go into family law, then that's a great thing. And anybody would be lucky to have me. I was like, thanks. I really needed that. that. (laughs) Because I know that that guy was wrong and will be like probably dead by the time that I'm actually practicing any sort of law. 
Fingers crossed. But also there are judges out there like him. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Seeing two men in power continue to behave that way. Mm-hmm. So again, we align ourselves with the people who have power and behave in ways that are similar to them. Mm-hmm. So yikes for the whole system. Mm-hmm. Burn it down. That guy sucks. That guy sucks. That guy fucking sucks. You will be great at any kind of law you choose to Thank practice. Thank you. Also, family law is hard. Mm-hmm. Fuck family law. A little bit of me, like, as I'm writing my personal statement, I keep thinking about that. And I don't know. started it? I've done a word vomit. (laughs) You would be so good at criminal defense because you don't look like you would be. I always did the defense side on the mock trial team. I hated doing the prosecution. Fuck prosecutors. Gross. (laughs) Sorry. Except for I hated all of the other team's defense attorneys because they always came up with stupid ideas. Oh, Especially all- Wesley and Wesley and ugh. <sighs> Once they came in and they were like, it's not age discrimination. They're having an affair. And I was like, are you guys? <laughs> Wesley from Illinois? No. Okay. Wesleyan in Connecticut. Oh, we have a, Wes- a Wesley here. That's where John went. It's the basically Augie's. Mm-hmm. Arch nemesis? Yes. Rival. No. I like arch nemesis. But I yeah. prefer arch nemesis. Um, the next one <laughs> is not eating as much as we want in front of others. So when Kira <laughs> wrote this card, I was shook because <laughs> I definitely, that's something I've only talked about with my mom because I thought that was a self-esteem issue Mm-mm. that she had passed down to me and I didn't nope. know other women struggle with it. <laughs> I do that also. Stop. <laughs> I I feel this most strongly when there's a pizza party. Oh, and then yep. these bitches go up and they get like one tiny piece of pizza. And I'm like, you're <laughs> hungrier than that. <laughs> you're hungrier than that. I'm hungrier than that. But now I feel self-conscious about coming back with like the half a pizza that I actually wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm going to have one piece of pizza or two. But I'm only going to have two if first I make this whole performance about like, "Ah, I'm just so hungry today. I didn't get lunch. (laughs) And then I'll eat a second piece of pizza. Why are we all doing that? We're always hungry. I don't know. There's no way that we aren't hungry. And I feel like especially on a date. Haven't been one one in a while, but like you eat less than you want to because you don't want to eat a lot in front of another person. Okay, I went on a double date one time, and the other couple, dude ordered for his girlfriend, and I don't know if he was being cheap or just a flat-out piece of shit, like, ordered, like, she'll have the chicken salad, like, no cheese, like, just... Hopefully that's Maybe that's she how she eats. No. She looked miserable because she had like Mm. seven glasses of wine. Oh, no. That's also a struggle because sometimes I'm like, I need to eat the whole plate of pasta so that I don't puke later. But then if you're around other people and there's an audience, then I decide that I only deserve three bites of pasta. I don't do that on dates because I don't want to get to the point 
where I'm dating that person and then they learn my real eating habits. So I just come <laughs> right out the gate with who I really am. Like, mm-hmm. yes, I want the pasta. Yes, I want Parmesan cheese all over it. And no, I'm not going to need a to-go box. <laughs> <laughs> Order the whole bottle of wine. And mm-hmm. yes, I want dessert at the end. Every time. Mm-hmm. If there's chocolate cake, I want it. So you do you only eat less than you want around other women? Yeah. Okay. Because I just don't. I care what men think of me, but not, not really, Mm -hmm. but that's a recent change. Like in the past few years, I think, but before that I was very self-conscious in large, in large groups of people, especially, I think I keep track of like what other people are eating and Mm -hmm. how much it's acceptable for me to eat. Yeah. You read the room. Yeah. But it's also frustrating because if I eat more of something than I think everybody else around me is going to decide is acceptable, I'm not, my body isn't going to change, (laughs) like just in doing that. I'm not suddenly going to not fit in my clothes unless my neck got bigger or (laughs) or like be visibly like heavier if that's what I'm worried about them thinking that doesn't happened just because I ate until I was satisfied. So I don't get what my issue is, but I keep doing that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll eat before I go out on a date, especially, well, I'll definitely do it for uh, like a business dinner Mm -hmm. and I'll just get a salad because we're not there to talk about the food. We're there to talk about business stuff. That's that's exhausting. I hate making food. Yeah, it sucks. Doing that, then paying for it later. What? What? <laughs> exhausting. Honestly. Feeling guilty about not wanting kids slash shaming mothers who stay home. First, I hate it when I'm like, I don't want kids. And then other women will say, someday you will. Maybe I won't. We don't. It's not helping anything by saying that. And I think that we covered this on the babies episode. But on the other side, I'm sometimes bad about this. And it kind of goes back to the women perpetuating, quote unquote, perpetuating stereotypes Mm -hmm. about femininity. But sometimes I'm like, ah, you have so much potential. And then you're just staying home, like just staying home is something to be ashamed of when it's not. Raising kids is hard. Exhausting. It's very hard Mm -hmm. from experience. Very hard. I I bet. I don't want to do it because I think it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's rewarding though. It's, it's good hard. I mean, there's like, I would rather raise a child than run a triathlon. Cause that's. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to do either of those things. Oh, yeah. They both. I have done a triathlon, have not raised children. I was young and like 12 and had a six pack. It was a weird phase. We did it. See, I'm in like the the money phase of raising the child. He can pretty much feed himself and all that. And just got to make sure he do his, or does his homework and doesn't torture animals. That's, you like that. 
mm-hmm. keep that way. Yes. Right, Good kid. One of those, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Mm-hmm. But who's going to pass on your legacy? Mm-hmm. All I hate the that. books that get written about me. Hmm? All the books that get written about me. That's what will pass on my legacy. Also, why is a legacy so important? Like, why? It's not. Yeah. Because humans have an ego. The earth's going to swallow up the whole earth. The sun's going <laughs> to swallow up the earth at some point, And none of this is even going to matter. Maybe someday somebody will write a musical about me. I've written a musical before. I could write one yeah. about you. That would be excellent. I almost started singing Hamilton to your name, but we're not doing last names. I almost sang Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story. Then I decided I didn't want that in my ears. Good call. Mm -hmm. You do have a nice voice, though. Thank you. You do. Hating pink and just overall rejecting femininity. Do you hate pink? No, like but I pretended like to... I did for so long. Uh, I like to aggressively. Okay, earphones of shame. My earphones are pink, and I chose that. Go ahead. I'm not apologizing for forgetting my headphones again. <laughs> but I pretended that I hated pink for a really long time, and I wouldn't wear it, and. I was very loud about it, and I pretended (laughs) that liking purple was somehow less feminine, but pink is really pretty. Pink is very pretty. I do think that pink is better than purple, unless we're talking like a maroon purple, but I also don't know what my favorite color is, so who am I to say? My son loves pink and purple, and I fully encourage that it's... Pink is a great color. Your it pink is. blazer is beautiful. It is. Pink was actually a masculine color for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think until like Hitler. Probably. I think I don't remember why. Some dude fucked it up. Yeah. Just yeah. I do think that most girls and women go through a phase where they hate pink. I had that phase. Oh, it's just upsetting. Like you don't have to reject feminine things just because they're feminine. What about and also it's just a color. (laughs) What about about leopard print? I had a leopard. It it's a fashion face. I had a leopard print sweater for a while. I don't really wear prints. Are you asking if I had a phase or how I feel about it now? In general, I don't remember if I had a leopard print face. Um, I don't wear it just because I don't wear prints but it's not a dislike of leopard print I think leopard print shoes are kind of cool I agree I also agree I would wear a pair of Vans over leopard print I was picturing like heels but Vans would be cool too totally I wouldn't know what color to wear it with it's a problem for a different day whatever I want Yes, people don't pay that much attention. That's how I got away with wearing blackberries for a really long time. <laughs> I pay way too much attention to shoes. Glad I haven't worn socks with Sperry's here. Now I have half socks. I noticed. These are not. That's because I need to do laundry. Anyways, speaking of phases that I think 
all women might have is a hoe phase, which I, you've called it that, mm-hmm. I've called it that. But I do think that the term hoe is particularly feminine. And even guys who maybe do the same thing don't oh, call it a phase. Do you call it a hoe phase? Like two other people. Do men do that? I do. I call it a slut phase, but. They're also pretty exclusively feminine words. Like slut, hoe, thought, thought, all feminine. And like that's equating overt or like. They call it expressive sexuality. Yeah. Even whore, though, I feel like it's typical. Like, you're qualifying it as masculine with man being at the front. So, like, whore, slut, hoe, thought, all feminine by us being, like, it's this phase qualified with that feminine where it is just, like, only women do this. And therefore, there's really no qualification where it's, like, men, quote unquote, sleeping around is not a bad thing thing well and also that embracing your sexuality is just a phase mm-hmm. like honey no mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a forever thing uh-huh. mm-hmm. also something particular about like the quote-unquote ho phase is i know that a lot of my female friends have been like i had i did that and it's usually after they've had a really bad relationship and i'm like no <laughs> That's you refiguring out how you feel about your body and your sexuality. Oh, I'm like it's a not phase. a whole phase. Oh. You're processing trauma. Yeah, it's a recovery. <laughs> it's phase. a recovery phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've went through some. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Val had a whole phase. <laughs> I'm going to process this not while we're recording. Uh Thank you so much for that. I'm really sorry. Should I have given you a heads up? We're good. Okay. We're good. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Solutions. Um, How to point out other women's internalized misogyny. Um, I struggle with this in groups or Mm -hmm. with women I don't know very well. Like, I have no problem doing it to you Mm -hmm. and making you delete your whole email and then telling you what to say. Yeah. Um, which perhaps was a little aggressive, but I don't no, I think, think I, I needed it. it. Um, but I also know that I can do that because I know you mm-hmm. and I can do that with certain women in my family and with women that I'm close to, but it's hard to do that in public because it's so personal. Mm-hmm. I feel like. I agree. Um, I do think that me having like background and education in like domestic violence, sexual assault, things like that makes it easier to point out those things because I kind mm-hmm. of have the crutch of, oh, well, this something, something statistic or mm-hmm. that's not actually how it is. And then can like back it up with some sort of story or factoid makes it less feel less like I'm personally attacking them but the comfort zone of this education makes it feel like I'm not attacking you it's this that's challenging it and I'm just don't shoot the messenger Mm -hmm. um so I think that 
that makes confronting those particular pieces a little bit easier, but you really kind of do have to get out of your comfort zone for strangers or with other things where it's not so related to interpersonal violence, but just general stereotypes about people. I feel like you have to have overcome your own internalized misogyny Mm -hmm. to be able to address someone else's. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if we take other ways that we confront oppression and like apply it to this, like really, I usually just start by asking some questions. Mm -hmm. So like the woman who doesn't trust women who don't make a mess when they eat wings, like, oh, why do you feel that way? Yeah. How does that contribute to whether or not you trust someone? Mm-hmm. Like, where do you think that comes from? Who do you think you learned that from? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's what I've got for that. But I think that it can be helpful sometimes to pose it as a question. Um, or just kind of playing to them and being like, oh, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you weren't saying anything that's directly confrontational, but the ball's kind of in their court to have to process it by themselves. Yeah. So when you think something negative about a woman, ask yourself why and challenge the thinking. So fixing internalized misogyny within yourself, you also need to be asking yourself those questions. Um, And it can be, hard definitely like I know that I've talked about in this podcast like feelings that I feel and it is like it is hard because then I'm like oh no I want to be so good and mm-hmm. <laughs> empower women but challenging your thinking is I think some self-work that we all need to be doing and if it's just you asking you then nobody knows that you did a bad job and have some things to work on. Plus the first, the first thought that you have, the first reaction you have to something is what you were socialized to think. You Mm -hmm. can't necessarily get rid of that, Mm -hmm. but it's the second thing you think or the way you act on what you thought that really matters. And you can change that. You can shift that, but you have to address the first thought in order to do that. Mm -hmm. And your misogynistic thoughts aren't necessarily malicious. Like you said, it's what you're socialized to think. So it doesn't make you a bad person or malicious or exclusively a sexist. If you're thinking those things, as long as you're like taking the time to be like, Oh, maybe that's a belief that I need to challenge or question Mm -hmm. or think about. And doing that is positive and doesn't, require you to accept that you're a bad person by any means. I think it also can help to do some of that out loud. I know you and I do that with each other a lot. Mm -hmm. Like this is what I was thinking. And I feel like that comes from a problematic place (laughs) (laughs) and doing it out loud normalizes it for me, makes me feel like I can move past the fact that I thought those things and then move forward differently, Mm -hmm. but then also opens the door for you or anyone else around us to be like, oh, I can have these conversations and I can address these things that I'm thinking Mm -hmm. that's normal and okay and how social change happens. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's really helpful, like 
us just talking about these cards and then being like, oh my gosh, you're always hungry about another woman too. Like, <laughs> so it's kind of a, you're not alone thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and understanding that like, maybe this experience isn't unique to me, but it's something that we're all experiencing and maybe that's wrong. And what can we do to process that together? And the more we align ourselves with each other and support each other and empower each other, the better. Correct. So good. Okay. So the last card says we're already uncomfortable. Learn to be uncomfortable in a different way by pointing out misogyny. So it all, it already sucks. (laughs) It's going to be uncomfortable whether you're experiencing it or confronting it. So do some good. I do not permit women to teach nor usurp authority. I'm going to Superman punch him in the dick.